Hey everybody, uh, Mike here, January 8th. Um, I wrote uh, a post uh, today, I finished it, to, finished it today, published it today on uh, rising interest rates. Um, I know it's been a topic people have been talking about for a long time because they keep um, you know, wanting to predict the end of the massive 30-year-plus trend. Um, you know, rates, um, you know, just talking about the, uh, you know, the U.S. 10-year Treasury uh, rate was, uh, you know, about, you know, it was over 15 in 1980, I believe it was 1981, and uh, most recently, um, it was about one and a half um, in uh, 2012 and uh, 2016, and uh, rates haven't been that low um, since World War II. Um, you know, during World War II and afterwards, um, through the 19, uh, early 1950s, um, you know, so we're, you know, in kind of uncharted territory, obviously, um, this doesn't mean that rates can't go lower, you know, we've obviously seen in other countries like, like Switzerland, where the 10-year treasury, um, or so the 10-year, um, uh, bond has been negative, and, um, you know, that could surely happen here. There's nothing to say it can't. Um, but, um, you know, but now that it seems that the, um, you know, the Fed is is committed to uh, rising rates again um, and, uh, you know, the economy showing improvement, blah, 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 blah. Um, maybe it's time to, you know, just at least have a conversation about, uh, you know, okay, if rates are going to rise here because, you know, the Fed has been at the, at the levers uh, for a number of years now since the crisis on lowering rates, and obviously that worked. Um, you know, they, they did, you know, they accomplished what they set out to accomplish, I guess. And, you know, assuming that they have the same power on the flip side, okay, let's talk about uh, that and what maybe what it means for trend followers, you know, the CTA's managed futures um, crowd. Uh, so, um uh, been something I've been looking at for a while, um, just looking over, you know, the past 50 years or so, um, in the few instances where rates have increased, obviously, you know, um, and if you're looking at the chart, uh, in, in my, uh, medium post, um, you see that from a night, you know, early 1960s through that 1981, um, Rates are just, it was a pretty steady increase with periodic dips. Um, and ever since then, it's been the opposite. You know, steady decrease with periodic spikes up. And, um, you know, so I looked at all those, um, what I would call significant uh, periods where rates were rising. And I found uh, 16, including today, which was, um, you know, the uh, uh, July 2016 through December um, 2017. Um, and I just wanted to show, you know, obviously there were, there weren't as many markets available to trade, um, back in the, uh, sixties and, um, uh, in the, and, seventies as there are today. Uh, you know, back then there were, you know, it was mostly agriculture commodities. Uh, and then, you know, the, the metals started to come online and the, and the currencies as well. And, um, you know, oil didn't come until the 80s. Um, and same goes for some of the stock uh, index futures as well. So, you know, like back then, you know, they were pretty, 
I'd say pretty concentrated portfolios and like, you know, maybe that worked their, you know, the CTA's advantage back in the day because, oh, those things were really, really trending well and, um, <clears throat> you know, it helped them to be concentrated. You know, today, if that happens again, maybe they, they might be more spread out and they may not make as much or whatever, but uh, I believe that, uh, you know, all the research uh, I've done and I see other people do as well, not to mention the real-time or so the real track records that that uh, the old a lot of old firms have produced over the past thirty forty plus years is that diversification helps um, and more markets the more different markets you have in your portfolio the better and um, uh, yeah so you know those are just some of the limiting factors in the early part of the data namely you know in the first uh, I'd say like handful of periods which uh which uh included uh from January 1963 through uh September 74 there were uh, five five different periods in there where rates were rising uh significantly that uh portfolios weren't so complete as they as they are today so anyway um point is that um you know there's been some people in the community uh f- you know fund managers as well that have that have said that hey you know, if if this trend goes away, if rates do start to rise, um, what are the trend followers going to do? Because they've been uh, real, they've they've benefited so so much from the this very steady uh, long term decline of interest rates and riding that riding the bond futures. You know, they're obviously long bond futures, riding the price trend up, and they've been benefiting from a um, a positive uh, roll yield, um, and on the flip side, if if the if the trend reverses, they'll be negatively affected by the uh, by the roll yield. So okay, yeah, all right, you, you have a point there. I guess they, I guess that you know that makes sense. But I, I think what everyone, I mean, what they might be forgetting is that you know, okay, but we're not, you know, trend followers aren't only trading bonds. You know, they're trading many other markets, you know, obviously both long and short. So, you know, other trends can pop up in other areas that may pick up the slack if we aren't making as much in bonds or or downright losing or something like that. So uh, I just wanted to look at that and see, hey, uh, all right, let's see what, you know, um, if we go back to these periods where rates are rising, let's see. Um, what kind of performance uh, was generated, and uh, and you know I looked at you know, all right, an actual CTA that went back that far, uh, and in, uh, the BTOP 50 index um, that started in 1980, and um, and a uh, a, a simple uh, back tested um, trend following um, strategy. So just kind of like splice those together to kind of get a reasonable, you know, idea of what kind of, you know, just how they performed during during those periods. And, you know, some they won, some they lost. Um, and out of these 16 different periods, the average performance was almost 67%, you know. Like in the first three instances, they lost money, you know, and granted – in those three instances, I only have a few markets that, that were even in the portfolio. So maybe today it's different. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Uh, but, um, 
is you know so there there are some limiting factors here um at least early on in in the in the um in the early instances of rates rising because the portfolios weren't as complete just because there weren't as many markets there uh, as as there was uh, to trade you know back then it was mostly stocks you know and um obviously trend followers are you know one of the main things they do is diversify very well so sure i could just test a portfolio of stocks but that that doesn't really that's not very uh, uh representative of what i think um the trend followers how they would perform today you know so you know there was like corn and soybeans in there there was uh you know a couple stock indexes and i threw a couple of stocks that were in the dow back then that are still around today um you know many of the many of the components back then are gone um, but uh, yeah, you can try to do as best you can and uh, just try, trying to get an idea. So um, yeah, I mean, the long and short of it is that during rate rising environments, um, and like I said, there haven't been that many, but we got to, you know, go off the data we have. Um, there have been many instances where there have been large moves in other areas. And, you know, just looking at a few here, you know, from November 71 to July 73, corn and soybeans moved up 123, 148%, sugar rallied 86, cotton 84, cattle 64, the Dow rallied 12, um, you know, let's see, early, maybe more recent when, you know, like, like in the, uh, uh, in the 80s, um, you know, we had some moves in copper and, and gold, you know, um, fell, you know, 15, 15, 20% corn, you know, another, another 18, 19% rally, you know, sugar got crushed down 64 after that bubble, um, you know, the bubble unwind, I believe it was, uh, in, in the early seventies or mid seventies. Um, you know, so the, you know, and then looking like earlier than that, during um, you know 1975 to uh, to March 1980, where interest rates interest rates went from you know they they rallied you know 65 percent uh, you know the 10 year yield uh, actually no 88 percent sorry uh, you know gold was up 320 percent copper was up 60. Um, sugar up 130, cattle up 30, the British pound up 35, and the, and the Swiss franc 35. You know, like these are these are big moves. You know that that trend followers love, and you know that that 1975 to 1980 period. That's a long period. You know, almost five years. And um, you know, so during those longer periods, we'll tend to see probably more moves evolve during these short kind of spikes. I'd say like it, it's it's more random like oh, okay anything can happen there, um, but during these long pro uh, you know, these these prolonged periods of um, of rates rising, um, you know stories and market trends have more time to to play themselves out, and uh, I think uh, that um, that benefits uh, long term trend followers, and uh, you know I think going forward here if we are on a on the path to, you know, 10-year yields going above 4% again as they were uh, before the crisis started in, in 2007 and 
then you know we might you know that that might take a while. You know, it's not gonna it's probably do that overnight. It might you know it, it could take a short amount of time, but uh, you know I think yields now are at two and a half. So that that'd be a pretty big move uh, to get to four, and then you know we'll see what happens from there. But um, but if that happens, you know I just wanted to get an idea of like okay, um, how how would a simple trend follower perform? Um, and it looks like you know from history here, it looks like it performed pretty well. And again, you don't really know um, where the trend profits might come from or where the moves might generate from, but. Uh, but the idea is to be, you know, uh, as many trend followers believe, is to be as diversified as possible and be as flexible as possible to, to capitalize on any trends that might uh, emerge. And, um, and hopefully it all goes well. Um, it's, you know, again, it's not like trend followers need to know, um, okay, our rate's rising, so we need to you know, uh, yeah, okay, all right, so it's not going to work in bonds because, you know, the negative rolled yield and stuff, so, all right, you know what, we'll just cut that out, and then we'll trade everything else or something, like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think you do crazy stuff like that, I just think you, you, you stick with the same, um, the same simple approach, you know, I'm sure there are elaborate ways of, um, maximizing profits out of the bond shorts, um, positions, but, uh, again, that's like very X's and O's and a lot of details and, and the big picture doesn't really matter as much as just, uh, being, being diversified. Um, uh, that, that's what my, you know, research and work shows that, um, you know, moves don't just exist in bonds. And if, and if you don't capture the profits there, you're screwed. No, they, uh, seem to occur everywhere. Um, and they obviously always take turns. You never really, never really know where they're going to occur. But, um, uh, I think, uh, I think an environment where we get some sort of trend, whether it be, you know, rates going back up above four or maybe higher or whatever, or, you know, who the hell knows going back down to lows, you know, um, back, back down to one and a half percent and even lower. I mean, I guess that could happen, you know, whoever thought it would get to one and a half, you know, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's an area where more investors, um, need to, you know, really take the time and to elaborate on their imagination and, um, you know, be ready for anything, you know, prepare for everything, uh, type of mentality because anything can happen. So, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just, you know, wanted to just share some of that, uh, show that work, uh, with you and, um, and kind of just share that the, you know, if we are going into a rising rate environment again, which we haven't been in, in a long time, um, you know, like the last one was, you know, mid, you know, let's say it's. I guess some happened in uh, in mid 2012 to the end of 2013, um, but it was again it was very short lived. It was and it was right back down to to new lows. And uh, given the the other you know given the um, environment during the during that period you know it wasn't really good for trend followers at all. You know um, the B top 50 lost uh, about one percent during that period. 
um, and uh, you know, uh, during that period, there was a lot of you know, because it was it was a time when I was trading as well, and uh, um, just a lot of calm like there is today, a lot of correlation out there, a lot of high correlation. So the benefits of diversification have gone away. You know, uh, in other periods where things are more you know standing on their own two feet, um, you know, trend followers tend to perform better. You know, during periods of high correlation. Um, and low volatility, it's like pretty much the curse of de- uh, kiss of death for, for a trend follower. Um, you know, no movement, and all the things are moving similarly. So you get a lot of things that are not moving whips on um, in a very you know, low vol, you know, choppy state. That, that, that's as bad as it gets. And it's been that way for a while. Um, but obviously things change. Things can change without, you know, uh, without any notice. So um, I... I think uh, you know trend followers are probably pretty well positioned for uh, you know to, to benefit if if rates do increase uh, in a meaningful way. Uh, let's let's see what happens over the next uh, you know several months or years. Um, see how long uh, if it does play out. See how long it does, and you know I'll, I'll circle back and you know do a follow up article and, and podcast to this. Um, but I think it's something to watch. You know I I. I I believe a lot of long-term trend followers are already short bonds, you know, betting on yields to rise. So they've been on that trend for a while. Um, they're probably, you know, long commodities, a lot of commodities at this point, you know, and uh, that's another thing during, during uh, rate, um, during rate increases, we see a lot of commodities do really well. Uh, I'd say they, they trend higher. Um, and, um, you know, trend followers are likely to be on those trends as well. We'll see what happens with stocks, see what happens with currencies. I don't know. Like, I don't know with anything, but uh, those are a little less clear. They tend to be a little bit more irregular in going up and going down. Uh, it's not so cut and dry where, oh, rates go up, so, you know, risk on stocks always do well. That's not always the case. Um, they tend to be a little bit mixed uh, over the course of uh, over the course of this this uh, 50 year test I did and you can go to the meet you can go to my medium uh, account and see the article there if you want to look at the uh, the table of uh, of market moves during each period and uh, trend following performance during each period um, like again this is like a quick and dirty test this is not this is not uh, obviously investment advice or anything like that just kind of educational just to show you kind of how how things occurred during those periods since there were not a lot of or really any real track records during that time um for you know trend followers so all right uh that's about it uh if you have any questions feel free to email me uh, i'll circle back uh as this um trend evolves and uh we'll see what happens all right talk to you guys